When you wake up in the morning and we find ourselves alive, it is time to say, praise the Lord. I don't know if you get up early in the morning, but if you get up early in the morning before the sun rises and you go on the outside, especially if you're living in the area where I live, there are many roosters around and oh, how they crow. Matter of fact, I used to do the devotion in my office and the roosters would give me so much competition. I would go in the four day morning and do the devotion and the roosters would be crowing, man. If you can remember back then when we first started, when the pandemic started, and folks would call me and they would tell me, hey, the roosters are really challenging you as you speak. What are they doing? I believe that they are praising God. For he said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And the roosters, they breathe too. And they give God praise. So you and I, we need to just stop and give God praise for his goodness towards us. Ron, what is it that you have to say to us this morning in regards to this song, More Than a Masterpiece? And this is what he said in the third stanza. Heavenly Father, sometimes I question your way. Why do you ask me to mold simple pieces of clay? Give me eyes to see the future, though it's hidden from my view. Give me compassion as I'm molding a treasure for you. The chorus, I'm molding a masterpiece, a work of great beauty. I'm molding a masterpiece, my labor's not done. A trophy, a treasure of worth beyond measure. I'm molding a masterpiece a masterpiece of love. Are you that masterpiece that he's molding? If he is molding you and sometimes you feel a little chief from what he's doing, just let him continue doing what he's doing because when he's done, you will be that masterpiece that he is molding. If you do not know him as savior, I invite you to trust him before it is too late and allow him to begin molding you in what he wants you to be here on planet Earth for him. Remember, he tells us we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of this world. We are his children. He given us a new nature. We are new creatures in Christ when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. So some of those folks who are new creatures and some who are not new creatures have a concern. And their concern is, Pastor Webster, what happens when a Christian sin? As some folks will say, what happened if a Christian sin? And when they ask, Mary say, don't say if, say when. Because we all sin. They're no perfect people. On the earth. Yes, we are declared righteous in Jesus Christ. His righteousness is deposited to our 
account. That's how we are righteous. Not that we are righteous in ourselves, because if we are righteous in ourselves, that's exactly what it is. We have become self-righteous. So when the believer sin, oh, we have been looking at this matter that the believer loses his or her fellowship with God. Relationship stays, a father and a son, father and daughter, but fellowship is broken. So how should we seek to get that fellowship restored? One of the things we say that needs to be done according to the text in Psalms 51, we must assure ourselves of God's unfailing love and compassion. Last morning, I said to you, the second thing we need to do is that we must acknowledge our sin and confess it openly to the Lord. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, sin is something that sometimes we don't want anybody to know that we did it. But he said, in order to get rid of it, we must confess it. And there are times that we need to confess one to another. If someone knows that I did something, I must be truthful and say I did it. If it is something that I did wrong, I must be truthful and say I did it. I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me. Don't try to lie and cover up what we did or what we said. No, he said, confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. When we confess our sin, people respect us more instead of denying and covering up. So what should we do to restore the fellowship? There's a third thing I see. We must ask and receive by faith forgiveness and cleansing from God. Yeah, you cannot be restored to that fellowship or restore that fellowship with God unless we ask him to forgive us. And then what is very important is that we must receive his forgiveness by faith and his cleansing from sin. Many may think that we have not been cleansed, but we know who God is. And when people try to tell me anything contrary to the word, I I would ask them, who should I believe? Should I believe you or should I believe God? So notice what he said. David asked God to do something for him. What David asked God to do for him in verse 1? Have mercy upon me. <laughs> o God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, notice what else David said. Blot out my transgressions. He asked God to have mercy upon him. And he asked God to blot out his transgressions. Look at verse 2. David asked God something. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And this is the way of restoring fellowship. Look at verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. David recognized that he needs to be cleansed, and the only person that can do that is God. Look at verse 10. 
He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What a man. What am I trying to say? As I look at this, David was obedient to First John 1 9. If you confess your sin, he's faithful. He's just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, notice the words blot out. David did not only want his sins forgiven. He also wanted his sins to be forgotten. Not only forgiven, he said, blot out my transgressions. Our God, may I tell you today, he not only forgives, he also forgets. Now, some people may not want to accept this, but it is true that our God, he forgives and he forgets the sin of his children. In the book of Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 22, he said, I have blot out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. What did he say? He said, your transgressions I have blotted out. I have blotted them out as a thick cloud. You know, when you blot something out, when you remove it from before you, you don't want to remember it anymore. And God did that for his children. In the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14, he says, And you've been dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Look, verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Lord, I thank you. I really thank you, Lord, that you are not just the God that forgives, but you are the God who take our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us anymore. You are the God who blots out our transgressions. Oh God, and you don't bring them up before us. You don't pile them up and wait until we get before you, dear God, and we have to pay for them. No, you paid for them already. And God, you remove them from us. You don't keep throwing it in our faces like people do. We thank you. We thank you. We must ask and receive by faith forgiveness and cleansing from our sins. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you ask him to blot out your transgressions and your sins from you. Please share this devotion with the family.